Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Guys, as of right now, we are just a few hours away from putting this probably the worst day of the year behind us. Easter? I hate April Fools more than any singular day ever. Like every April Fools is a is a top 10 contender for the worst day of my life. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's ah, like nobody's funny on April Fools. It's the day where everything's supposed to be funny and a joke and then there's nobody that's funny. The only person, and this I'll give him credit for this, the only person to actually operate per norm on April Fool's Day was Daddy Boy. He was the father? Like, yeah. He was just like, fuck Mexico, man. I hate those guys. I'm going to take NAFTA away. And I was like, thank God, somebody's acting normal on this. Did he this... use those words, just word for word? I think so. It's like, God, I hope so. It's like, I, he just doesn't like Mexico, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Am I, am I taking April Fool's Day too seriously, or should I just chill? I mean, you're not taking it too seriously. You're just getting annoyed by it. That's fine. Yeah, I hate it too. Like, everybody's got, like, a joke article. And, like, in the sports world, it's like, oh, Odell Beckham, Beckham got traded to the Browns. I was like, I know he didn't get traded to the Browns. It's not funny. I don't – just go away. Yeah. I think yeah, April How do you know? But some I don't remember which which one it was. There was like a Star Wars one where they said, um, "Who was it? Ryan Coogler is going to direct a Lando movie, co-starring Michael B. Jordan and Donald Glover." It's like that's not and even then, April Fools. That's just like yeah, a it's thing just that dumb. Could happen. That's and then that also, literally so, and then, could happen though. Yeah, yeah. If, if someone, someone got was great, a, someone got a, someone got offended by it and they took it down. But really, yeah. What's there to get offended by? I don't know. Something stupid, like usual. Josh coming out with a haymaker today. Damn. Yikes. He just he called somebody stupid. Yeah, well, they're stupid. Hope we don't get a review. Yeah, about oh boy. That. Come at me, bro. We <laughs> ask for a review every time, and then the one time we actually get one, somebody's <laughs> offended. That's okay. Everybody has their... Everybody's cool. We, we, call, we harbor name. no hard feelings, person who left the review. We're glad that you enjoyed some of it. Trust me, I hate about 30% of this podcast, so, you know, you're in good company. I mean, I hate 66% of the podcast, so... 66.66 repeating, or just straight 66? Okay, that's good. I can can live with that, I think. You know what I noticed on our iTunes page, by the way? Yeah. Your greatest fan? Well, yeah, that too. Obviously, he's talking about me. Um, The... What's it called? The picture. It's still from, like, olden times. (laughs) Olden... Times. Real professional to bring up uh, my faux pas on the podcast, Josh. I really appreciate it. I just want everybody to know how awful I am at everything. <sighs> I hate you so much. Um, yeah. You're the worst. Um, so, boys, tonight on Easter, <laughs> right, we are going to be discussing a different form of Easter egg. <laughs> oh, God, this is so appropriate. Ready Player One, my dudes. Uh, do you guys just want to jump in, or do you want to get some more foreplay, or what? Do you have anything no, you want to talk about? I could, I could, I could say something before we start. Sure, go for it. Nana, nana, boo, boo. Okay, I'm gonna disconnect. Yeah, later. <laughs> it was fun, guys. That's all I have to add. We can start now. Okay. Um. So, let's talk about some Ready Player One. Cue trailer. Boom. 
I just came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than myself. I found my friends. I found love. And now, people have lost their lives. No, 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 no. This is war. We're controlling the future. Find him. Welcome to the rebellion, Wade. You don't tell anyone who you are. You can't use your real name. Hey, you've never. Do you actually do that? I do it now. I feel. I've, I feel like doing it now. So I'm doing it now. Do you do like the whole thing or just like a segment? Just a segment. Like you'll by now you'll be able to hear it underneath our voices. So I'm like it, it and now it's gonna trail off a little bit. And I will hopefully have found a drop off, and here it is. So that's the trailer for Ready Player One. Now it's I told time you so. for the discussion. <laughs> At least the audio. The audio, yes. Here's this. Ready Player One, fam. Uh, would somebody other than Josh like to lead off uh, with initial thoughts? Sure. All right, I'll go right ahead. What the hell? I was just said I was. Oh, okay. That's I didn't hear you, Cody. <laughs> Who are you? I just chose not to listen. He's Mason. Hey, oh. So know. yeah, go ahead, Mason. You go no, ahead. no, I'm just kidding. You go right ahead. God of the podcast. I mean, oh my you god, go. Just I'm so tired. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I liked it. So cynical, Cody. You shouldn't be so cynical. Ugh. Is that what it? What about you? What about yeah, me? That's my, my initial thoughts. Ah, you kicked it to me. Wow. I feel so hashtag blessed. Uh, so, I think I've talked pretty thoroughly about how I feel about this movie, how I felt coming into it. Uh, I'll just do a little quick refresher. Didn't know much about it uh, a couple months ago, and then other than that Spielberg was making it, and it was about <laughs> nerd culture, so my... Uh, my antenna was up of hating something before I actually know what it is pretty early. And then I read the book and and figured out what it is. And I thought the book was fun. I enjoyed reading it, but then I kind of hated it. Now I think it's a very bad book, a very bad book indeed. And even with the Spielberg uh, factor, I suppose, I was still nervous about it because I just wasn't sure that this story could be told very well just because it's based off a book that's not very good. And I was a little worried they wouldn't be able to iron out the issues. And I guess, as my initial thoughts is, the one of the first things I thought when I left this movie was how awful it would have been if somebody other than Spielberg had made it. But because he made it, because he is who he is, it's watchable, it's some, it's semi-enjoyable, and I can, I can live with it, basically. I, might, I may watch this again soon and kind of... Full, more fully define my thoughts but for now i think it's it could have been a lot worse and whatever josh you make proceed yeah, okay yeah well i've been excited for this for ever and i've been telling you both to have you faith and, in spielberg you and the multiple crickets, times both, by the way yep and i have been right all this time all along because i have faith in spielberg he didn't. The movie's great. I loved it. I never movie said so I didn't far. have faith in Spielberg. I just I didn't have faith in the book. Well, you the didn't material. think the movie would be good. I didn't say that. 
Yeah, you kind of did. I did find me saying that I didn't think I can probably find do. multiple texts and recordings. I would probably I dare you do it. Yeah, I'm too lazy. Bailey, I gotta watch. I, I gotta watch Doctor Strange tonight. I, I don't have time. Why are you watching Doctor Strange? I, it's the last one I have to just kind of get through before I get to all the great ones. Self harm, Josh. Not worth it. It's not that bad. Yeah, it it's is. not that good, but it's not that bad. It's a, for a movie with a Bono reference. I f- I hate it. I hate it so much. It's not that bad. It is. Um, yeah, Ready Player One. I loved it. Um, My name's Stephen Strange. What do you oh, sh- mean? Oh, shut up. I'm a shaman. <sighs> I've come to bargain. Whatever his name. What's that guy's name? Dormammu. 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 I come to bargain. Hi, it's me, Rachel McAdams, for three minutes. See ya. That's the movie. That's that's Gosh. Doctor Strange. Everybody, hope you enjoyed it. I like I like your um, cucumber stack voice. Oh, thank you. And then uh, oh, I I also I forgot one major crucial role. Hey, uh, my name's uh, my name's Michael Stuhlbarg. I'm actually the best actor in the movie, and I'm barely gonna be in it. And my key scene is gonna be me buying something out of a vending machine. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Hell, I don't even remember him in that movie. He was a doctor. They cast him in the film. God. Okay, I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to pull us off on a Doctor Strange hate tangent, but I feel like it was necessary. Yeah. That movie exists. It shouldn't. Well. Scott Derrickson, worst director ever or worst director ever? I'm just asking. Well, I mean, mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what do I know? Huh? What do I know, Josh? Huh? Huh? Joel Schumacher exists. Oh, he did it, Cody. Weird. Cody, send me that uh, Roblox death sound so I can put it in the game, in the, in the episode. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> but anyways, you were saying, Josh. Yeah, uh, it's a, I think it's a great movie. Um, I, it's not like one of his all-time best. According to you, I, it's his ninth best, so. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's pretty much, death's just right after I saw the movie. It might go down, it might go up after I see it again, I don't know. Um, in the land down under. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was great. Um, I honestly, I mean, some people say there's, I mean, we'll get to it, but some people say there's issue with the characters and story. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, we're going to get had, there. I had almost no issues at all with that. That's actually some of my favorite parts of the movie. But did you want um, to see the issues? That's the question. No, were I you did. you so blinded by the nostalgia and references that you couldn't no, see No, actually it all, the issues. it all worked together well. And I loved the nostalgia and references and the story was super fun and the characters were great together. Um, I'll, bring, I'll bring some up. It'll be all right. No, they were all great. Um, the story. only issue I had, the only issue like story was I had was the first like twenty minutes is just like narration after narration. That got a little really really tiring. Um, and there's like one or two, probably two or three parts where I'm just like, hmm, it's kind of convenient. Just kind of kind of convenient. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but that's about it. Okay. Everything else, top notch Spielberg. So Loved we're, it. So where do we want to start here, boys? Better than the post. Okay, that's, that's a dirty lie. Come it's on, it's not. Okay, people care. People will talk about this one. No one cares about the post. What was nominated post. for best or best picture? I can't remember. Yeah, I guess because one's an Oscar movie, one's a great movie. So you just described the post twice. I don't know why you did that. No. Uh, where do we Where do we want to start, boys? Characters, performances, weebs. I don't I know. I feel like you have an idea where you want to start. So uh, we'll go where we go. Okay, all right. I can I can get us kicked off. Uh, jeez, there's so many things to choose between. Let's start with the references. 
I think this will this will lead us into the greater conversation pretty pretty nicely. I don't have a problem with having you know, I shouldn't say that. I do. <laughs> um I hated them. All right, I'm going a completely different direction. I hated the I hated the highway of distraction that was this movie. Because and I guess this goes into my greater script problem with the movie the script i think is pretty bad and it seemed like the ref they put in references and they put in certain eye candy just so just to kind of distract people from the script and how bad it was and like does is this movie made better at all by chucky jumping in a delorean and stabbing some guy i don't think so i do because what comes right after it doesn't make a lick of sense and we'll get into that as we go along but um i gotta say to the movie's credit there were only like two oh my god it's blank scenes that i remember <laughs> and i was with my i was with my friend who <laughs> who i like to go see controversial movies with and we have a system where whenever we see something that we don't like or that we annoys us in a movie without even thinking, we just turn and look at each other and like roll our eyes. And we both rolled our eyes at the, Oh my God, it's blank scenes. And just, that's cause you hate fun. I, it's not just that I hate fun. I just, it's the movie has so many problems that it feels like, it feels like they're trying to spike the football with their references when it's like, no, how about you just write a good movie first? How about you actually work on the things that make a story a story and not just, well, well we got, here's the, the, problem well, we got the rights Mason. to the Arkham Knight and we're going to show them. And, oh, we've got the Mortal Kombat dude, so we're going to show them. I just don't get I, – I, I think it's fine to have those, but your movie – the movie that it supports has to be – has to be at least – tight and i just i think they put their effort into the wrong places uh so what are you saying cody i think the issue is that i mean how are you ever gonna have a good script when your source material see is bad that's what i was that's one of the things i was thinking about coming in it's like okay yeah we're basing this off ready player one but i think w- with somebody like spielberg he's gonna look at the story as a canvas basically and he's gonna point out okay here's these three here's this objective that we have to get here are the three or technically four stages of that objective and we've got a nice evil corporation kind of pushing the narrative along but since a lot of people kind of hate the book and we are in film as its own medium maybe we can get away with changing some things in the character department or in just how this story is told and they didn't do that. This is it changes. There's a lot of changes from the book, but it kind of carries over the same problems. It just puts it in a different outfit, kind of, uh, you know. And I just I just felt that it was kind of weak. And I don't know. What did you think about the references, Cody? Um, I think that knowing that. There's no movie without these references. Mm-hmm. From what I hear, that they actually toned a lot of the stuff down from the book. Oh yeah, which I'm okay with. I'm glad that they did that. You see, the the cool thing about the book is that to me, it kind of it almost read like a nonfiction, 
like verbal account or like not verbal account, like a nonfiction written uh, sort of essay about pop culture in the eighties and the development of certain properties or industries or something like that, that it kind of occasionally had a plot. And I somewhat enjoyed reading about, you know, the origins of the Atari or this random, how this random TV show was canceled because of whatever reason or whatever. I kind of, I sort of enjoyed that. And because it's a movie and you don't have constant narration, a lot of that stuff gets cut out. So you're just like left with a story instead of a less like a, a, a Ted talk almost, or like a, a class early kind of felt like, but hmm. anyways, Cody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? I mean, that's my piece on the references uh, They're necessary evil. I groaned a couple of times, but I, for the most part, they didn't bother me that much. What did you, what'd you groan at? Um, the halo guys. <laughs> yeah. Master chief. Uh, that was, uh, I didn't like them. I didn't like seeing the battle toads there. They were distracting, and I think that was the point. Mm. Do these references exist just to hide the fact that the narrative is kind of generic? Yeah, you're pointing out things exist in in a reality. Yeah, to replace storytelling and nuance which i think spielberg is very capable of but he just kind of chose to not i mean there was there was definitely nuance in the story but just sometimes it just felt like they were trying to figure out how many people they could shove into any given scene and somebody something of a point that somebody brought up uh on the line that i didn't really think about is like one of the most dystopian sad things about this movie is how there are most of the the references are all from like and the characters you see are like from the 80s and like early 90s and it's almost like there was a cultural black hole kind of between them then and now about how there's yeah dark ages but then you have somebody like Arkham Knight who's in the game which i'm sure or the movie which i'm sure is just because Harley like Quinn and the Overwatch people yeah it's like oh well, we have the Arkham franchise under our you know umbrella so we might as well use them the 2000s did happen. We just don't like them very much. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I thought it was obnoxious and didn't really serve the story, And but whatever. Josh, I mean, you you hated them as well, right? Yeah. Uh, no, because I have a soul, and I love nostalgia and pop culture. Yeah, but and why to does me, that, they added what, to the movie. Why? How does it fun. add to the movie? Because it's fun, and I wanted a fun movie, and that's what I got because they added fun, and I like fun. They were, I thought a lot of them, not all of them, some of them were just like, hey, remember this thing? And I was like, that's cool. I don't mind that because I like that thing. And I think it's cool that it's in here and it makes sense that it's in the Oasis. Um, and then there's other things the like the Iron. that is I don't need to be reminded that things exist. Yeah, I don't need to, but it doesn't mean I don't want it. I know Gremlins was a movie. I don't, I don't, I don't need potato chips. It doesn't mean I'm not going to eat them because they're good. Okay. Um, you need food. Yeah, but if if I may make an analogy, if you eat too many potato chips, you gain a lot of fat, which this movie kind of had. It had a lot of fat to it, and then the yeah. actual the skeleton of the movie was sort of crammed in between all the fat. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, to How? Me, it How was, do you disagree? What do you disagree? Because to about? me, it didn't feel like that. To me, it was the opposite. To me, it was, there was a story here. There was characters. It all worked well. It was. 
I thought it was well developed. I enjoyed going through on this adventure, mm-hmm. and throughout all of it, there were references. I just and some of them, some of them were crucial to the story, or not crucial, but some of them were you used organically into the story. Some of them were just kind of there, and I was completely fine with all of them. I guess the problem that Co- that I and Cody kind of has is the f- the fact that we feel Ernest Klein and well, I guess the root of the problem goes to Ernest Klein how he felt like he had to have them to hold anybody's attention. And I get that that's a crucial part of the story of Ready Player One. It's like supposed to be a celebration of the pop culture he was born on, but it just comes back to, in the movie sense, of we need to keep people engaged when we know when we know that this story can't do it, it's do it by itself. And... I would love to see a cut of this movie where you just kind of keep the bare bones of it and you you get rid of him sort of him walking into a building and it's like, oh, look at it's, you know, like I said earlier, the Arkham Knight just walked out and, you know, 90 other people who I didn't really know. Like, I didn't know. I'd, I recognize maybe 5 to 10% of these people and the rest, it felt like I'm just staring at a CGI clump of people walking around where I don't really understand why it's important. And it was just distracting. Uh, So, I don't know. It wasn't to me. To me, and I mean, that's the difference. I mean, you saw the references as the, I don't know what the best way, like the, the, the pull of the movie. Like, that's what you're supposed to be focused on. And then the story is just kind of there to make the movie happen whereas to me i was invested in the story and i was invested in the characters that was my favorite part other than one particular scene that we'll talk about but the um overall i just i loved the it felt like to me it was like a it was like yeah i guess that's a good comparison it was like willy wonka meets like the goonies or something like it was that old school 80s style adventure movie that i really love done by my favorite director who does them the best and it just happened to use pop culture and nostalgia which i also love to add to it to beef it up which i, just, I can't help but think about that, i love that i just can't help but think about the people who actually like we there were thankfully there weren't any in my theaters but like the people who are just sitting there and the 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 references make the movie for them it's like oh yeah well the characters or whatever the story's fine but oh my god did you see when when like iron giant used his like blah, or whatever i just think that's that is both but like why serving not? Why? What's, and what's... because the movie's all about how stupid that is and how dangerous it is to live your life through pop culture and not expand your mind at all like there's and, but, you the, know, but the but mo- yeah and the movie does that but that doesn't mean you can also you can't also walk away going wasn't that cool yeah, but what is, what's the spoiler alert, I guess? But what's the main action that they take at the end of the movie? Is oh, we're shutting down the Oasis for two days because people have taken this way out of <laughs> way too far, and that's exactly what the people watching this movie kind of are doing. Are those like fringe weirdos who get off on seeing characters interact with other characters or whatever? Fringe weirdos, Jesus! <laughs> but like, why why can't you do both? Like, why can't you be like? Oh, I saw Gundam fight Mechagodzilla, which was really fucking awesome. Um, and that's really cool. But also I realized that's just – that's not the real world and the real world's, world's more important. Like there's more to life. Like you can have both. 
yes, you can have both, but you don't, Josh. <laughs> I do. I know many others who do. You choose the real world and kind of scoff at this stuff, which is, you know, that's your prerogative. But prerogative. to me, to me, it's, you know, I like both and I'm fine with both. I embrace nostalgia. I embrace pop culture, just like I embrace the real world and moving forward with stuff. I'm saying this movie plays into and feeds red meat to the people who don't want to live in the real world and want to well, that's, bury that's, themselves in nostalgia. And I just think that's a stupid I don't thing think it to does. do. Eh, well, I got, I'll find some Twitter accounts because they're to like me it, it gives it gives them what they want, but it also gives them a message. Yeah, whether they gonna, choose to whether they choose to ignore or take that message is up to them. But that's not the movie's fault. I just think that's it's, their it's, fault. I just think it's pandering. It's pandering to the lowest. Every movie panders to somebody in some way. I, don't I can, think so. Arrival well, yeah, doesn't. I, Arrival didn't pander, or Annihilation didn't pander, or if you want to go in the pop culture ness, uh, what's that movie? I'm thinking of something. What am me? I thinking of? The last three Star Wars movies. What? No, I'm talking about in terms of like its embrace of culture. Back to the Future doesn't pander. Back to the Future incorporates nostalgia and the good old days and references to things brilliantly. This one is just it's you know, it's just dumbing down things for people. I don't know. I just I was annoyed by it. And like I said, if the movie if the story and the bare bones of this movie were strong, I would probably not care about the nostalgia as much, but I don't think the script is particularly strong, and it could have used some work. Maybe they could have spent the time working on the script that they did with getting the rights to these people and with the VFX. I'm just saying, because there's some. I think there's some pretty easy, easy fixes and some glaring uh, problems with the narrative. But we'll get to that. Um, I do have one question about one of the references. Okay. What is what? is the deal with the Zemeckis cube? Did they just take a it's, Rubik's cube and say, well, let's shout out Robert it's a, Zemeckis? It's a Robert Zemeckis cube that sent, lets you go back in time. Yeah, but what is the connection between Robert Zemeckis and a Rubik's cube? Robert Zemeckis, time travel. Yeah, but okay, why but is there a Rubik's, the Rubik's cube where's the Rubik's cube coming Why not? He has a DeLorean. Why? That's the whole thing. Either the Zemeckis, like that's what I'm talking about. With the just, this is f- so stupid. I was expecting there to be like, How oh, is that from stupid from this movie that because you're just, it's like, oh, the car isn't Zemeckis. a time travel. The car in the movie isn't a time. Then Back to but the Future is. is a time travel device. But you can make. But why it. does it need to be in this? I just don't understand. You're just like that's see that's so lazy and stupid to me. Is that that's oh, not well, lazy? That's let's not just, lazy at all. Let's just throw a name on this inan- a random inanimate object and let it do something. It can just be a Rubik's cube. Like why? Well, like a scene where they just come up and they see a display with a Rubik's cube in it, and they're like, "Wait, why is there just a Rubik's cube there?" He's like, "Oh, you don't know this? Like Rubik's cubes here, they you can buy it and it can freeze time or whatever." And they're like, "It's a Zemeckis cube." Like, I don't. That's so stupid. There's no. There's. I thought when I asked that, I thought, "Oh well." Josh is probably gonna be like, "Oh well, in this movie by Robert Zemeckis that I that I Mason have not seen, he there was a Rubik's cube." And, like, it was a part of the story or something. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that's kind of clever. But it's just there to be there. And there's no explanation or no reason for it to be called as a Mechas Cube other than just, hey, a reference. We're referencing something. Like, what are you even referencing? 
and it doesn't and, it, and the cube doesn't reverse time it just slows it down or it like moves it back a little bit one minute yeah one one whole minute cody did that make any sense to you did that the name didn't make sense to me and the mechanic of the cube did yeah you could just call the rubik's cube that's fine. You don't need to drag Robert Zemeckis into this for no reason. Or just make it more obvious as to why it's called a Zemeckis cube. Yeah, there's an there's an article like that's fine. Just have something that's associated with him. You can still throw the Zemeckis. Uh, yeah, or use the uh, DeLorean. In there, he uses it through the whole movie. Just use the DeLorean if you want to but turn back hard. time, or like a sand dial or something that makes sense. Not a Rubik's cube. Named after a, a director who made 80s movies, you know? That's what I'm talking about. That's just stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> Are you upset? I'm a little, I'm triggered, man. Re, re, Cody. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We gotta be politically correct. You need to stop. Okay, right. Um, other, I guess this kind of falls under the reference category. The staying alive scene, that hurt me. It was, dancing. it was mega level cringe. It was mega level smiles. Cody, how do you bother? F- it didn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know. That's part of the staying alive. It was when he was dancing with the girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was that made sense to me. Yeah, but why? Because, I don't know. Well, because it's a song. It's a song. <laughs> That's not even an eighty song. Is that a seventy song? That might be like seventy nine. All right, Josh, give throw your guess. When did staying alive come out? I'm going to say 78, 79. Cody said 79, so I'm locking you in 78. Came out in 77. Oh, boy. So is is yeah. maybe a reference to Saturday Night Fever? That came out in 77. I mean, Star Wars also came out in 77. Was there Star Wars in this? Yeah. Where? They, they, they the named the Millennium Falcon. Once, just once. They mentioned there's also, the Millennium I, there's Falcon? Also a couple, there's also a couple ships and like little Easter eggs. Okay. That's neat, I guess. Is there some, is there a <laughs> is there a Lucas toaster in the movie? Did I did I miss that? The Lucas toaster? Was <laughs> he jumped to hyperspace? Or the Polanski uh <laughs> the Polanski slide whistle? No? Okay. <laughs> that's funny. I don't care what you guys think. You're not <laughs> laughing. I think that's funny. Um <laughs> I think the funniest part about it is how upset you're getting, honestly. I I'm triggered, fam. I'm really triggered, but I do like this movie, and I do have good things to say about it, but I need to get the bad things out of me first. Uh, Let's talk about a couple of good things. Ben Mendelsohn as, uh, what's his name? The The bad guy. The bad guy. He's a name, doesn't he? Nolan Sorrento. Nolan Sorrento. How do we we come down on him? He's fine. He's always fine, though. He's, He's good. Josh? I thought it was great. It was a rather really good villain. Was was he wearing dentures or something in his teeth? He I don't looked. Think he had so. like big teeth. I think that's just Ben Mendelsohn teeth. He just being mean. No, no, no. Like it looked like um, it, it looked like a evil Inspector Gadget from the movie. You know? Oh when, God! Like, oh, <laughs> when he looks like it, like it looks like uh, Ben Mendelsohn. But what's up with the teeth? Like the teeth make make it seem like you know something's wrong i did not notice that i I couldn't stop looking at it they were just huge nobody else noticed that no only you 
Did not I mean, notice. Also, leaving your password written on a piece of paper next to your gaming console? What? Come on, fam. The definition of a deus ex machina right there. Yeah, like, I get it that he's a... No. I get it that he's like a corporate stiff who doesn't really care about the Oasis, but, like, that's dumb. Don't do that. I mean, the the his password being Bossman69 was kind of funny, but it's like... He, he, you don't have to be into video games to know that that's a stupid thing to do and to be more careful. I don't know. I think that's just a real life thing that people know. Yeah, it's like it'd be funny if his password was password. That'd be that would have made me laugh even harder. <laughs> password button lead speak. I'm in. <laughs> what would it be? Uh, it would be P three three something. P four. P four. Um. P four. Um. Five five. Oh, right, right, right. We'll five, do five. two Vs, <laughs> a zero. I'm fluent in lead speak. R, and I guess just another zero if you want to be boring about it. Uh, question for you, Josh. Was Irock in addition to the movie, or was he in the book, too? I haven't read the book. So I know, just what do you think? I'm going to guess he's probably not in the book. You got it. And I think that really worked. Uh... I mean, one of the things that was kind of bad about the book, I guess, is that there was there was a lot of moments where the characters were just sort of sitting around and doing things, but like there was no, nobody to like push the narrative along and like uh, grease the wheels, I guess. And Irock did that pretty pretty well. And T.J. Miller is a he's a funny guy, and his whole bit about having a carpal tunnel is funny. <laughs> Uh, I was kind of waiting for us to like see him in the real world get like arrested or something like that, but they never did it. I was just I was kind of bummed because I wanted to see what he looked like in the real world. Yeah, that could have that could have been funny. Um, Even if it was just T.J. Miller, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a movie was also kind of funny too. It had a couple of uh, genuinely haha moments. My favorite of which was um, early on in the movie when Ben Mendelsohn's talking to like the board about what he wants to do. And he mentioned he t- he talks about like their plans for the Oasis, and he's like, "We've learned that we can fill the screen up with eighty percent, or like the cutoff between <laughs> people getting seizures is about eighty percent, so we can fill the screen up to about there." <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, were there any moments that you guys thought were particularly light and hysterical? There was at least one because I remember laughing when no one else in my theater did, mm. but. I'm just also smarter than everybody. That's true. You watch Rick and Morty. I don't, how many I people do in watch Rick theater and Morty. do you think watch Rick and Morty? Couldn't have been more than five. Yikes. A lot of dummies. A lot of stupid heads. Interesting. Uh, what are some other likes that you had, Josh? Some more specific moments, character beats? I mean, obvi- I mean, you said it when you got it. When you said how I'd react to the movie, you said I'd literally die during a certain scene. Yeah, you're here, and- so I was wrong. And, well, I almost did. Um, almost the shine, the, the shining scene it was amazing. The that, shining exists. You guys remember? When oh, I, come, no, that was a good one. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll argue against you on this one. That yeah. was a great scene. When, when I just, I, I just, no, I, I'm not, I'm fine with the scene overall. I just want to know. <laughs> I want like a seance or some Ouija board to find out what Stanley Kubrick thought of that. Because I would love to see his reaction to seeing this movie and then having The Shining uh, appear as a set piece. I'm I, more interested to see what Stephen King would think about it. 
Oh, he'd be. Oh, he must be pissed. <laughs> oh, he must be so pissed. He's like, why didn't you pick? Why didn't you pick my mini theory? You could have done more true. You should have just done an. It's more true to the, the, the spirit of the book. You really should have done. You should have done it or something. It came out in no, it was nineteen ninety. <laughs> uh, what you could have done? Pet Cemetery. Pennywise didn't show up. That's surprising. He's all the rage. Maybe it was too late in the game, like when it came. He's out. even Warner Brothers. Yeah, he is. That's, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, Josh. He's in, he is Warner Brothers. You're wrong. What the hell, man. Nah, JK. <laughs> JK. All along. No, Shining Scene. Uh, it was definitely unexpected. Uh, I didn't know about it coming in, which was kind of neat. Because um, so I, I, that wasn't in the book. No, it was not in the book. It, see, so, here's let me let me run through the challenges for you. In the book, um, and I don't want to turn this into a book movie thing, but I do think this is kind of interesting. Um, in the book, uh, everybody like uh, Wade goes to like school in the Oasis, and at school he realizes like, oh. This the clue that we all know that we've known for five years that nobody's been able to figure out means this. And he goes to a place on his school planet, and he goes into this hole, and he fights a knight from some video game, and he gets the key, and that's where he meets Artemis. And then the second challenge is horrible, and I'm glad that they didn't include it. Where uh he goes into like this VR sim, and he has to play the role of somebody in like the Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink or something like that. And that's how he gets the key. Like, he just recites all the lines of this movie, which... Wow. Really... That would have been bad. Yeah, it was really lame. Uh, which, th- that's the one they replaced with The Shining. And then the third one was... I think it was the same. I think it was the... Uh, you know what, let me check on that, because I'm not 100% sure. But in this one, they had the race to start it off, which was pretty exciting. But let me ask you this. If this challenge was taking place in the real world and somebody like, I don't know, uh, Steve, Tim Cook or something like that is like, hey, I'll leave my fortune to whoever can find the Easter egg in the Apple Oasis or whatever, uh, you win half the company. And the first level is this race, right? Uh-huh. Do you think five years or whatever would go by where everybody keeps trying to do the same thing of driving you know, linearly in this race? I mean, people are pretty stupid. I honestly do think that they would. Okay, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, sure. Works for me. Cody, what do you think? I already said what I thought. Josh, what do you think? <laughs> you just yeah. want us to say that it's stupid, but it's <laughs> no, not. No, I don't, I don't think it's stupid. I just think I've just, from what I know about video game culture, I just don't think that would happen. And I, it's fine. It's whatever. Maybe it, people are so focused, like, oh, no, I can I can get past Kong this time that they wouldn't even think about going backwards. By the way, in the original, in the book, uh, for the Jade Gate, because you have to get a key and then you do a challenge to get take the key to a gate. Uh, for one of the gate things, he takes a Void Comp Test from Blade Runner, which was kind of cool. Which would have been so cool in this. That's one of the things I would actually be like, oh, okay, that's pretty dope. But... Um, they did. Uh, they did that instead. But so the challenges are very are changed. I think the main uh, objective at the end of the third one of playing whatever game that is is the same. Um, but I I, I can't remember for sure. Uh, but what did we? Th- uh, so yeah, we're staying on the shining. 
What do we think about that? More specific thoughts on that, Cody? Um, no, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Um, it was funny, and mainly because I imagine going into that movie though not knowing what The Shining is. Yikes! Um, but no, I think that worked for me. That was part of the movie that worked. Josh, what, what you about think? you, Josh? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, like I said, I loved it. It's my, yeah, I guess it's probably my favorite moment in the movie just because, I mean, The Shining's like my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever. And just when they, I didn't know what was going to happen because they like brought up The Shining. They're like holding that tape or whatever thing, um, like his favorite movies. And then like they're going down inside and like, oh, what's going to happen? Are they going to like just look through The Shining or something? I don't know. They end up in the room of the movie and it's like it's not like a cgi recreation they're like in a place or if it was cgi it looked pretty convincing to me yeah quick, um, quick aside the cgi in this is some of the best i've ever seen like yeah, wow it's, good. it's really good yeah holy shit um <laughs> and that, that that was actually one of the few things i was worried about going in i was like is this gonna, gonna look like a giant cartoon and like does kind of kind of the point but it works like, yeah, but it's, so like a, it's a I, virtual I world so yeah yeah i'm f- like if they try to be like oh this is the real world then i'd be like this yeah sucks but they've established like, this I is mean, a virtual world so it works yeah so yeah it just it looked great but um yeah the whole shining sequence just the only part of it i didn't love was i mean i liked the idea behind it but the part with that's like um with the old lady in the bathroom um that was really funny it's just the CG because I'm so used to that. It just like was one of those things where it was like I wanted them to go a little more practical with it because obviously in the movie it's a real just old creepy looking lady with her back peeling off, um, and in the movie and in this it's like turns into a giant CGI skeleton and it was like eh, it took me out of it for a second. But other than that, everything in it I thought looked pretty much perfect. Um, I don't know who they got to play the little girls, but they looked exactly like the girls from the movie i think they um, were the girls from the movie but like cgi or whatever i don't Pretty know sure. what they did and they were like they were far enough away so you probably didn't have yeah. to get enough get too much detail yeah. in there I'm, I, I'm i'm sure they got actresses to play them but I, I don't know um but yeah those look that was i just seeing all those little low key moments and then when he gets to the end of the hallway with the elevator and you're like no what's about to happen with the blood that was great um yeah the whole move the whole scene was great and the added mm-hmm. addition of um H obviously not knowing, not seeing the movie and saying she doesn't like scary movies. That was really funny. I love that added a lot to it. So the whole scene I thought was great. Um, and like you were saying about the challenges, I loved, I mean, like I, that ties into how I feel about the story, but I loved all the challenges. I love the racing at the beginning. I love the thing at the end, but yeah, Here's uh, the- that shining one was my favorite. Not yeah. Probably my favorite whole scene in the movie. Here's the thing about the challenges, though, that in the book, the thing I think works really well and works well with all, you know, chase movies, whether it's National Treasure or Angels and Demons or whatever, where there's like, you know, you have to go through stages to reach some sort of a goal, is that I think you do have to pay a lot of attention and you really have to make the audience understand what exactly the objective and the goal is. And the first one, they did that pretty well. It's like you go backwards, you get the key, the key gives you a clue, and the clue leads to the next thing. And they actually do, like, spend some time where they have to figure out what the clue means, and they go to The Shining and they get the key. And then they get the third one, and it just kind of goes away, and it becomes... 
third act beat him up instead of having to actually figure out what all this means and like how they don't ever really have to figure out where the third act what well, the third objective is they they're just like oh well these guys have already found it and that's a problem with the book too is like we just I mean I don't I don't consider that a problem but I get where you're coming from like I mean it's an easter egg hunt right and I think they just I mean it starts out as that but as the movie goes on it becomes about something else it's more about like you know taking down IOI the re- the rebellion I don't really see it as that much of a rebellion, but it's, you know, the rebellion, um, the big battle at the end, which had me losing my mind over. Um, and then, you know, it obviously ends with uh, getting the third key, but it's like, yeah, but like I just didn't understand. That's kind of just finishing the main story rather than like, it's just kind of, they do that third key game thing just to wrap it up, bring it on home. Yeah. That's sort of what the thing I was looking forward to that didn't, I didn't really get in the book. Um, the book, the, the one of the worst things I I think about there is about the book is that the challenges were just so obnoxiously pop culture. Like, oh, we're gonna go through Ferris Bueller's Day Off and give all the lines, and we're gonna play Galaga, or whatever. And I thought the movie would be able to actually push the narrative in a in a m- more succinct and like cool direction, and it doesn't really happen. Like. My one of the pr- big problems I have with this movie is a script, and as far as the main character goes, I just think this is like of the of the sort of YA ish like young people main characters. Wade Watts is pretty awful. He ne- I, he's, he's never he is not challenged at all by any of these any of these problems. Like there's there's no arc to him at. Other than like, I think there in is. love with a with a girl, and like, that's, how I don't is think he? That's yeah, but how is he defined as a person? Like, what what makes him a person, not just like a vehicle to get to get through the plot? And this goes like, he's just he just isn't challenged by anything in the book, and he's challenged a little bit more in the movie, but still, I just don't feel like there's a very satisfying arc in this movie. Where once we get to the end of it, I just think, okay, well. I guess he's happy now. I mean, he always was. He was fine, but now he got what he wanted. Sure. Uh, Cody, what do you think about Wade Watts? He was kind of boring. And he was I, a gen- he was a, a generic um, young adult hero. And I, I think Josh, I will fully recognize and admit that I'm my lot. My judgment is skewed by Olivia Cook and just how great she is, oh, but baby. she's the kind of actress who she's given a kind of a bullshit part of Artemis. I have problems with her character too, but I couldn't stop watching it just because she sold this movie so well. And she's just a really, really great actress to where if, even if uh, Wade Watts wasn't written well, if Ty Sheridan was a better actor and gave him a little bit more life, maybe I could get something out of the character, but there was just nothing for me to grab onto. And I've already forgotten all of the beats, uh, all of his like Im- important heroic beats or whatever. I just think the, you know, I don't think you could. I think the main character of most stories like this kind of has to be the most boring one because they're the one who these events have to cycle through. Like Harry, I think is the most one of the most is the like the least interesting character in Harry Potter, but he kind of really? has to be. Yeah, like he has to be. He's the guy who I, you have to bounce I mean, things off of. He can't be that. 
Like, he can't be Dumbledore, where it's just like, oh my god. Or he can't be Snape, where you just can't take your eyes off him. Like, he's the hero, and the hero, heroes just by their nature have to be a little bit, not boring, but a little bit more subtle compared to the people they work, that they interact with, I guess. But that's a movie thing, and I don't, I don't hold a, I don't really hold being boring against him as much as I do being poorly written, and I just think he was really poorly written. Um, so speaking of Artemis, Cody, what do we think about her? Best part of the movie. Yeah. She was the best actress, I mean, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just in general, her, um, she was the most believable, I guess. She but was I the feel most like fun to watch, too. She was, uh, super underutilized, though, you're right. <laughs> Especially, I mean, coming from after seeing Thoroughbred and... Yeah, jeez. I forgot she was in the movie. It was a happy little uh, yeah accident that I, I saw her. I was like, I, oh, cool. <laughs> then I was like, oh, what are you doing? Why do you not think you're not pretty just because you have some red on your eye? That's like yeah. How ridiculous. Did that, how did that work? I, so, Cody, you think it's ridiculous. and How so? I don't think anybody would ever in the real world. Like it, they, no one would ever make fun of her for having that. I mean, when she's and young, sure. Like, when you're, maybe, like, eight years you old. you pick on everything. But, yeah. <laughs> but, like, once you get to where she is, she's, like, what, 17, 18 or something like that? Like, she's just objectively stunning. and, and She's like, gorgeous. Really, and... and it's not even that noticeable. Like, I was talking to my friend on the way home. We both thought it was really stupid. And he he's just, like, if she had vitiglio or something, I would understand. Where you just, your skin, like, you lose pigment and your skin gets all blotchy or whatever. But, like, she's her mark matches her hair and her skin tone and it's like not bad it's not bad at all and she seems to forget about in like five seconds like she meets wade and she's got her hair over her eye and then he like brushes it aside and she keeps her hair back the rest of the movie and she's just fine with it it was like either go all the way and make her like some monster or whatever oh jesus like i think i I can't remember which how she's described in the book but in the book she's kind of like she has the birthmark, but she's also just kind of like, she's like Wade. She just is out of shape because she plays this video game for most of her life. And just so is he. He's gross, too. Like, at the end, I don't think he, like, at the end of the book, he, uh, like, locks himself in a in an apartment and just is in there for weeks at a time and doesn't leave. And he's just oh, disgusting God. and, like, gross. And I don't know. It didn't go that route, which I was thankful for. But, like, with her, it's like, you're 99% as beautiful as you would be without this birthmark. So I don't get what the problem that is. That birthmark kind of makes her more interesting. I think so. Like, I get the I get that people are insecure just in general. And, like, you see your faults more than anybody else does. But c- come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, uh, what's her face? Uh, who's Who's the actress with the messed up thumb? An actress with a messed up thumb. Yeah, Josh, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan Fox. Like her thumb is weird. She got. Oh really yeah, she does have thumb. a toe thumb. It's huge. Yeah, but like that doesn't. I mean, granted, she's had a plot of plastic surgery, but pre-plastic surgery, it doesn't make her any less attractive. And I think she realized that. I don't know, Josh. What do you think about Artemis's insecurity? Um, I thought it was kind of. I don't know what the right word is. Just like, kind of half-assed. But it, I liked the way it kind of paid off in the end. 
I just thought they could have done a little bit more with it. Wait, where to pay but, off in the end? Like I mean, her, can you, with her her avatar like having the birthmark too? Yeah, I mean that's oh. about it. It's just like her embracing her uniqueness or her different her differences, whatever. But it's like like it's a nice little message. I liked it. It just could have been developed. It could have been given more weight. I guess I don't know. Yeah, there's but a couple, I didn't didn't bother me that much. There's a couple more things related to Artemis that I wanted to address. You mentioned you touched on it briefly earlier, Josh. The rebellion? What? Did did that come out of nowhere and leave just as quickly for you guys as it did for me? Well, I mean, I think it's it's weird that the rebellion is about oh, I don't like this company. It'd be like somebody rebelling against Apple. Don't, Cody, don't and blow, like, Cody, shh, don't blow our cover. Going to war about it. Say something Listen, else. We, Listen, Josh, can you just give us a sec? Okay, yeah. Uh, if I make it seem like it's silly, they won't know. We'll get Cody. We have to yes. move. The, we have to move the meetings from the Long John Silvers. It's not shit. safe. It's my favorite restaurant. We'll go to Arby's instead. It'll be fine. I'll let you, okay. I'll let you get some curlies. Um, Anyways. I don't understand <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, you don't like what they're going to do to the Oasis. I understand it's a big part of everybody's life. Yeah. But, I mean, you're literally going to war against a company you know murders people. Yeah. Just and, because you don't want ads in your game. And like, um, the as far as like the world of this movie goes, like... Do the cops not get involved? Like, they show up at the end, and they're, like, an actual police force, but is there not a police? I, I, who are they? What are they? Why do they need to be underground is what I want to know. And I know, like, the always, like, IOI enslaves people by, like, charging them money, which is, like, surprisingly poignant social commentary. But, like, how do they do that? And, they, like, I know, I know you can't just spend the entire mo- the entire time building this world, but, and you need there needs to be some sort of a chase element, but I just don't think that was the smart way to go. And like IOI was in uh, in the book, but there was no rebellion, and Artemis was just some chick. And in the movie, they make her out to be like, "Oh my god, is that Artemis? That's Artemis!" And she's like built up as this huge figure in the Oasis. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty sweet that they're making her like a legend or something like that." And then she just becomes part of the gang and i never really got what was so special about her she didn't get any of the challenges except for the shining by herself and she's she kind of like a twitch streamer or something wasn't she captured. wasn't that the i don't know her thing wasn't that why she was famous like oh i watched some of her twitch streams it was awesome <laughs> twitch <laughs> exists yeah ah! that just that didn't that's just kind of screenwriting 101 is to not build up somebody that much and not really pay off at all did you guys feel that there was a payoff josh for the rebel like the for, just for like just for artemis as like a folk hero and like an oasis god not really but like i didn't again didn't bother me yep. i'm just like oh i guess she's just one of the gang now yeah but that doesn't that makes it a worse movie doesn't it to you but well, you I just did, said it. I, you just said it was bad. So, like, why you ignore? No, I didn't. It? I said I didn't. It didn't bother me. Yeah, but you did say it wasn't very good. No, I didn't. I said this happened. I didn't say whether it was good or bad. 
You, I'm pretty sure you just said it was underdeveloped, but... No, I didn't. I said at the beginning of the movie, she's introduced as this type of hero, and then they kind of just... She becomes one of the gang, and it ultimately doesn't have a big payoff. Exactly. That's I what I'm talking I didn't about. Say that, I didn't say that's bad. But why isn't it bad? Why isn't that... Why is it bad? Why, why isn't, isn't that bad? a screen... Because, because why include why did, it in why the movie? It, why does it bother you so much? What's the point of it? It bothers me because it's bad screenwriting. It's it's saying here's X. I don't but mind it because I like the character and I like her interactions with the other characters and I like Olivia Cook. That doesn't change that it's bad screenwriting and just and I don't. It doesn't change that I don't care about it. So then why? Okay, that's like you said before. That's your own prerogative. That uh, it is. Can you play that song every time? My prerogative. I don't know how the song goes. I've heard it like twice. Um, I just know it exists. Also, jumping off from her is. The like you said, the rebellion. I don't understand their purpose. They weren't in the book, so I, as a book reader, have nothing to go off of. I don't see why there's a need for rebellion, and the rebellion kind of goes away, and we don't meet anybody in the rebellion except for her and Face Tat guy. And that's just another, I think, bad piece of screenwriting. And like I said, maybe spend more time on the script and less time getting every every. Warner Brothers character under the sun. I don't know. That's just me. Um, did it, Am I missing a rebellion payoff somewhere or some sort of acknowledgement that that plot thread existed or what? I mean, they won. I mean, the, the Oasis won. The rebellion didn't win. Unless everybody in the, the Oasis is part of the rebellion, in which case... I mean, I think that was huh? kind of... With the rebellion thing, I think it was kind of... It's not like the rebellion is this underground group of people of hundreds of people i think it's just something that they're trying to get started okay but that's what it came off to me I, I'm comparing... and by the end and by the and by the end of the movie it's like you see everyone is like they're on they're like yeah, trying, he's not they're saying everybody in the rebellion let's go he's saying hey everybody in the oasis let's go and like there's i'm comparing it to order of the phoenix where like there's there's that, sort of similar of like we're an underground rebellion. There's not mu- there's not many of us, but we're trying to make a difference. And like in the Order of the Phoenix, they all kind of band together, and at the end, they partake in the battle. And when it's you know in the final and battle, yeah, you had kind of do in this movie too. Yeah, but they're the Shado and Shido and H or I, I read it as Ache. They're not a part of the rebellion. They never appear in the rebellion. They're just like H shows up and she's like, but "Oh in yeah, the Oasis they are. Artem has called me." And but where did that where did that plot thread go? Where did that piece of the story go? I think you're taking the, like the whole rebellion thing a little too literally. I'm not. They literally. That's like, how they set it up. She just said, "Welcome to the rebellion." Not like it's not like they have this organized like. Well, they have everyone's a, they in found on a, it. They found it's a like, warehouse to occupy. They have a pretty succinct. Um, system going like it, it's it's an organization so it's something they're it's not like something everyone's in on like they're trying to recruit that's it's something you gotta i know i understand that i'm just saying where did that go why introduce it like with artemis being this prolific badass which again they didn't do in the book which is why it worked pretty pretty well she's just like everybody else on the hunt she's better than most people are like she actually finds the in the book she finds the first thing before anybody else does she just doesn't beat it um, but like, why introduce her as a badass, and why introduce the concept of the rebellion if you're not even gonna, if you're just gonna dismiss it, and the third act becomes a CGI, a big CGI battle? 
I don't understand that. That is the rebellion fight at the end. But that's not the rebellion that she was in. That's everybody in the what? Oasis. That's not those I don't know people. What, yeah, it is. So you're saying everybody in that final fight were were the people the rebe- from the whole, the whole from idea the of rebellion the rebellion that she these, was in. This little ragtag group of her and her our two or three buddies who then they bring in Wade and then they he she contacts Yeah, but where um, did they go? Where did those people go from the warehouse thing? What do you like in the game or just in real life? In the movie. What happens to those people? You every with storytelling, you have a you everything comes in threes, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Not saying it's in plot, but the beginning of the rebellion is hey, the rebellion exists. The middle of that is the rebellion's been broken up and thwarted by IOI. What's where's the end? And if there's no end, why have a beginning and middle? Otherwise it just feels like incomplete. And again, like this movie needed another couple of polishes to say, oh, okay, well we need to we need to rework that. And they're easy fixes. I have a prob I, I don't have a problem with saying this movie is entertaining and not to take it so seriously, but I do have a problem problem with lazy screenwriting. And just like Artemis being superhero awesome badass, it just doesn't go anywhere. I have a problem with that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And also, she, for she's kind of she's established as the badass and everything, and then she's quickly cast aside so Wade can do Wade things, and he's basically he's kind of mediocre, isn't he? Like he's very knowledgeable, I, but is I he imagine all that he's supposed to be. Yeah, but by the end of the movie, he was kind of just God. Yeah, a little bit. There's like yeah, it goes into the things like he's never. I don't think he's ever really challenged in the way that somebody like harry potter or katniss everdeen is like the it's just there's a there's not much friction in this story and like (laughs) olivia cook uh, her character breaks out of the ioi thing and just sort of hangs out in the ioi center forever and she just walks out (laughs) she just leaves like okay oh that was pretty easy This is, this movie's full of things that are that's should be a lot harder than they end up being, and I don't really care for that. Um, so speaking of the high five, I ask you this, Cody: What is a more shoehorned "Hey, we're a team now" moment? Them saying that "Oh, we're the high five, or at the end of Fantastic Four, well, that's just fantastic. What did you say? Oh. Pick one. What's more, I'm sorry, forced is yeah. Boy, those are both pretty bad. But the one, the Fantastic Four one, sounds a lot worse to me. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen that. Damn yeah, that. I haven't seen Fan Four Stick. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, the high five didn't really work for me. I don't understand. Like again, I don't mean to bring this up. Keep bringing this up. But in the book, Wade just takes the whole thing, and then this they try to kind of like establish camaraderie, which they just don't really. I don't think they get much time at. Uh, like. Um, and that kind of falls flat a little bit. Uh, uh, what did you think of the, just the, the idea of have, of there being a high five, Josh? I didn't really think much of that. It didn't really bother me. Just kind of happened. I was like, okay, that's, that's a thing. A little cringe. They move. Nope, not really. 
Um, whole movie was kind of cringy, though. A little bit. Less cringy than the book, though. I'll give it the, that credit. Because book me was just... Uh, <sighs> yikes. Um, weird thing. In the third act... I don't mean... This is definitely a nitpick, but... There just there comes a point in the third act where people start getting really concerned with their avatars safety. Like, oh no, you can't let blank die. It's like, but he's fine in real life. Why is this such a concern? Because <laughs> you lose all your shit. So? I mean I mean your stuff. Sorry, shouldn't be cursing. <laughs> like they're they're just bigger fish to fry here. So if you have to give your life and lose all your stuff to stop IOI from taking over, I just think that's a worthwhile uh, you know, sacrifice to make, I guess. But uh, it was just—it's weird. Um, another weird, another odd character beat that I noticed. Sorrento worked as a villain pretty nicely. Um, he was dick. He was um, threatening. Like he blew up the the trailer stuff, the trailer towers or whatever. Qu- a beat that I didn't understand at the end. At the end of the movie, he shows up, he, f- he tracks down Parzival and everything, he opens the door to the van, and he sees that Parzival's got the egg, and he's got the gun, and he's ready to kill him. But, like, and... he lost already at that point. Yeah. What would mur- What would have murdering Wade have done? It would have stopped him, I guess. I mean, it... But then right, everybody what? would have to start over, like, even IOI, like, everybody's gonna have to start from scratch to get to this objective, but because... Because of the resources he has, it would maybe be a little bit easier. So I would argue that the it's not done yet. And if you shoot Wade and he gets plugged out of the Oasis, it's all going to be over, right? I'd imagine if he had murdered Wade Watts, um, there would have been no way to get the money. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I, the thing I'm wondering is like it may it was set up to seem like he had a moment of clarity where he realized how um he realized how wrong he'd been and he realized like I went down I went down a wrong path and this kid like I should not kill this kid, right? But I, mean, he, I don't know. It just it feels like he's going to jail no matter what, right? Yeah, but then he gets arrested, and I was like, okay, well, maybe Nolan Sorrento's turned a new page. And he gets arrested, and he gets thrown in the car, and he immediately starts bitching out that girl who was, like, also another hitman, but IRL. We cut a one. So, I don't understand that beat. I don't understand what happened there. Josh, any idea? Hmm. With Sorrento, when he, like, doesn't kill Wade, and then he goes in the car, and he's still, like, all pissed off because he lost. What about it? I what what was the what was the motivation there? What was what was the screenplay trying to convey? like the motivation for him not being upset Wade. or the motivation for not killing him for not killing not Wade killing and him. not and then also and then immediately going back to being a crazy angry CEO dick. That's I mean that's just what I mean when I say like there are little like convenience moments. It's just like oh that's he's not, conveniently what's convenient about that. He's just gonna not kill him because he sees him crying or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh no, he's still kind of a dick. But what? What? That's convenient. 
it's convenient just to not... No, convenient is, hey, we found this thing lying around. No, convenient is we need a reason for him to not shoot our main character. But we also still want to keep him as the villain. We don't want to insert some last-minute change-of-heart thing. Cody? What? Do you have any ideas? Is that convenient, do you think? I don't know. I I think that's just bad screenwriting. I don't know what's so hard to comprehend. I don't know. How did it end in in the book? He, I don't even think Sorrento shows up in the end. I think uh, uh, Pat Quarter Quarter gives him an extra life as he enters Crudal Gate. He'll share his fortune with his friends. Surrender Sixers on his head. Plays Tempest. Control the Oasis. Um, Sorrento. It says Sorrento is arrested for murder of Dido and for conspiring. Oh yeah, Di- one of the uh, Asian dudes dies in the in the book. Yikes. Which maybe would have given the movie a little bit more of a bottom, I guess, but whatever. Um, yeah, he just it just says he gets arrested, and I don't remember what actually happens to him, but I don't think he shows up, because they... One of the neat things, in the book at least, is that um, the relationship between Halliday and Og is played up quite a bit more, and it actually is probably my favorite part of the book is just hearing about those two but we'll we'll get to holiday and all that in just a second but um yeah i don't i agree with cody i don't think it's so much of a convenience as it is just confused storytelling like it was definitely it was a visual moment like you're supposed to see a change like wash upon his face and like him to realize the error of his ways or something but what was the change is what I don't understand. Like, what about him is different? And the thing I would look at to find out what's different about him is what happens next. What's the next thing he does? And the next thing he does is be a dick, like he was the entire rest of the movie. So, what are we trying to say here? That's I, I, this is what I'm talking about. With sloppy screenwriting. It's just it's not very good. Um, but overall, Sorrento. Good villain. I guess. Yes. Any final any thoughts on him, Josh? Any additional opinions? No. No. Okay. Uh let's see. What are some other likes or dislikes that you guys have? Cody? Throw some out. Likes or dislikes. I liked Um, I liked the characters. I liked um our main five guys, burgers and fries. Um, I liked them. I think that they were all good. Um, I liked that they didn't make it such a huge deal that H turned out to be a a woman. Um, because apparently in the book they made it a huge deal and made that 300-pound Chuck joke about 20 more times than they did in the movie, which would have sucked. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a middle of the road movie it was pretty good mm. yeah H <laughs> H was a a weird one I thought she was okay a little bit um, what, what's the word I'm looking for brain fart uh. I don't know 
not all the way there. I don't think the the team dynamic was didn't work as well as um, as the book did. Because one of the other neat things about the book is that he doesn't uh, he doesn't just tell everybody how to get how to finish the task. He like gives them hints and stuff because he wants them to figure it out on their own. And like there's a whole deal with him and H and how they have this big fight and they get mad at each other or they like isolate themselves to finish the hunt and they don't like speak or anything like that and added like an extra bit of tension and isolation and in this it just seems like nothing ever really <coughs> changed um like i said not really i don't think wade wasn't really tested and he wasn't really pushed at all things kind of just went right for him uh and everybody was happy so i just didn't care for that um so uh josh any you mentioned a scene that you didn't care for what have we already talked about it or uh i don't think i mentioned one all right we'll go for it i i don't have any there's no scenes i didn't like you said you mentioned something but like there was a moment or a scene or something that didn't work for you a little while ago don't i don't think so am i hearing voices in my head that aren't there yeah probably Yikes! I got it. Am I am I in the oasis right now? Oh, you might be. Jeez. that was a neat scene too. I like that when they they inceptioned uh, inceptioned him to think he was in the he was he was uh, wasn't in the oasis when he was. That was kind of neat. The Sorrento. Yeah, that was pretty. I liked his uh, chair thing. How does he like? How do they run? Though? Yeah, because I, I don't understand how he walks around and moves and shit. But yeah. Still liked it. Made me laugh. How am I? I just the thing I don't understand is how is the Oasis? And maybe this is just like a it's future tech. Just get over it. How is the Oasis as immersive as it is? When like yeah, you have a you have a, a viewfinder and like you have a thing over your face and your eyes, but can it really be that interactive when you're not when your consciousness isn't plugged in? I don't know. I just, that's it didn't make any sense to me. Um, any other further likes or dislikes, you guys? Um, I can't think of anything right now. Josh? I mean, like I said, I loved pretty much everything in this movie, so. Okay. Uh, then, oh yeah, uh, real quick, let's touch on, to end this, um, Holiday. Holiday in Ogden. Og, or, yeah. He was great. Yeah, Ryan's is really strong. He he definitely portrayed the Asperger E side and like the socially awkward side of of um of Holiday pretty well. Um, yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. I just think it would take it would take somebody pretty spurgy to make a game like that. Yeah, um, I just think their relationship, the relationship between him and Simon Pegg's character, I think it's odd. I don't want to keep saying the wrong thing. I just I think yeah, his name is Ogden. Yeah, Ogden Mora. That's right. I think their relationship is kind of the heart and soul of the movie, and that's sort of where your dramatic punch kind of has to come from. Um, and that's maybe another screenwriting thing that could have been changed. Like, if the East, like, I think in the, maybe this isn't the case in the book, but in the in the book, it seems like the um, the hunt is sort of Holiday's apology or just showing his appreciation of of Og and the mo- I think the uh and the movie kind of was that but 
I think you could have really had a strong emotional ending to it outside of the main characters. And there could have been like this undercurring plot uh, with the two of them that you didn't realize was happening until it got uh, it got resolution at the end. And I think um, it would have been better if we got to see more scenes with Simon Pegg's character. Yeah. And the after, like, maybe show his, um, Holiday's funeral mm. and show how much his death really affected him. Because the impression I got was that their friendship was kind of dead. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, in the book, I think Ogden was just like, I'm done. I think we're... I, I may be wrong here, but I think he was just like, you've created a monster, basically, and people are... You're taking people's lives away uh, through this thing. You're not being responsible with it, or something like that. Some He had some ethical problem with it, and then he sort of left, or he left to be with his wife, or something like that. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I think there just could have been a really nice undercurrent of, like, a B story with about the two of them and their relationship. So... Um, I agree. Uh, any final thoughts, likes or dislikes, Josh, relating to Holiday or just the movie in overall? Yeah, just I love I love the action scenes. I love the visuals. Uh, the Alan Silvestri's music is great. Um, some nice cues from other similar movies. Um, like I said, I love the characters and story, and I think it's one of Spielberg's best in a really long time. So I had fun with it. Probably gonna see it again soon ish um yeah i loved it all right uh cody for you for us final thoughts in a grade um i i know i bitched a lot about it but i do still like the movie i was entertained the visuals i mean we uh we didn't really touch on much of spielberg's direction but i do think you can tell uh his hands are sort of guiding the guiding the story and he's got you know his visuals and the way he stages a scene and just the the classic Spielberg elements are on display. He doesn't. I don't think he's really pushing himself as a storyteller, uh, f- uh, very much. But he is uh, definitely has emotional attachment to this story, and it definitely shows. Um, I just think it could be. I th- I can definitely. I can see a nine out of, for me at least a nine out of ten version of this even with all the references and stuff, and I'm just annoyed that they couldn't quite get there. And I think, like I said, I, I'm not some genius, but I do think there are some pretty easy uh, things you can do to clean this up. So uh, I'll drop it a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it, but not as much as I really thought I could have. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I see the skeleton of a movie I think could have been a classic. And honestly, I think this is going to be one of those movies that people will turn to um, as an example of your references dating the movie. Because every single um, reference that they added, or most of them anyway, dates it to the 2010s. And I don't know, I think that's going to be a detriment in the future. Yeah. I've made but, it, I've made it pretty clear that I couldn't give a shit about if a movie dates itself, so I'm fine with that. I can live with it. That being said, I I did have a lot of fun watching this movie. I was yeah. wrong about it. 
Um, let me. I'm gonna bring this up to you guys. Uh, uh, what what grade would you give it, Cody? I'm gonna give it a six and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> here are some of the names that were either considered or approached to direct the movie. Uh, Edgar Wright was in the running. What do you think about? What do you guys think about that? I would have liked it. Josh, you're the Edgar Wright. I mean, I, I mean, to me, Spielberg is the number one choice. You should have directed. I know, but this, let's. But... We're, we're playing a what if. Yeah, I, I mean, it would have been cool, but. Hmm. Uh, another person considered would be Peter Jackson. So it it would probably be split into three parts. Uh, one egg <laughs> per part. Uh, there would I'd have been that. Benedict Cumberbatch would have played Smog again just because. Uh, Matthew Vaughn was also in the running. That would have been. Oh boy. Of the people on this list, I think he would have been the best choice because he would just he would have kind of up the dark, and this it would be a much like nastier movie. Um, uh, also, the aforementioned Robert Zemeckis was considered slash approached. That would have been funny. And Do you think the Zemeckis cube still would have been in it? It'd be wouldn't it be a Spielberg cube? Ooh, There'd be no. a lot if he if he had there would have been a lot more Spielberg references because that's like ET would have been a big part of it and. It'd be like an Indiana Jones level instead of a Shining level or something like that. And the, the last person considered for this movie that, honestly, I would love to see is Christopher Nolan was considered to direct this no. movie. He was considered. Like I, I, I heard, I even heard they offered it to him. But who knows how true that is? But he was approached. I don't. Oof, I. How quick of a no do you think that was from Christopher just Nolan? Just the second he heard, like, you know, what's this about? It's like, all right, no, no, better yet. It's like, hey, Chris, uh, we really want, we're really interested in you directing uh, this new, uh, adapting this property we have, at Ready Player One, you know, uh, great at the blockbusters, you know, you got a really good eye, and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at this, I'll, I'll, I'll get a, give me a copy of the book, and I'll read it over the weekend. And he just gets on page four, and he just starts burning the thing. Oh, God. <laughs> like, no, not doing it. Uh that would be, that would have been so cool to see the Nolan version of this. Oh my God! Um, Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, I just got scared. Oh. Um, in this game I'm playing, Bigfoot just came out of nowhere and killed me. A couple other what ifs. Michael Keaton was apparently considered for the role of Holiday. I'd buy that. I think that'd be good. Interesting. Uh, Nick Robinson from Love Simon, Nat Wolf of the Naked Brothers Band, and somebody named Dalton Vaughn. <laughs> were considered for the role of Wade Watts slash Parzival. Interesting. I buy that, too. Uh, Spielberg also said recently that Ready Player One is the most difficult film he's done since Saving Private Ryan. Oh, God. I don't know how I feel about that. Difficult maybe in, like, the the workload you have to put in, but uh, I don't know. This is his fourth movie not to be scored by John Williams. Uh, the others are Color Purple, Bridge of Spies, and Duel. Uh, Duel? I've never even heard of that one. It's like I think it's like, wasn't it like his first movie, Josh? Something like that? Yeah, first it's a TV second? movie. Yeah. It was a while ago. A while ago. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, so yeah, Ready Player One. It happened. We've seen it. It's good. Not great, but it's good. Uh, watching, reading, listening to Josh. Why don't you go ahead? Um, what have I done? I don't know. Uh, what have you done? I don't know. What have I done? Uh, you know what? I rewatched Inside Out yesterday. Right. Yeah, that 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 hurt me. Whose friend likes to play? 
I've still never seen it. Who's a friend that mm. likes to play? Don't don't hurt me. Don't do this to me. Who's a friend who says hooray? <laughs> Take her to the moon for me, Josh. Oh God. Secret moon, this moon. Yeah, that uh, that hurts. But I noticed it jumped up on your Pixar list, though. How how high did it did a uh, did it hop there? It's my number two. What do you remember where it was before? Number three. Oh, I thought it was lower. No. Now that's Pixar. I think if it might be their best, or Pixar Inside Out might be their best movie, just from a like a quality standpoint of just writing, animation, direction, like all that. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Ah. <laughs> Are you down for a, what, Riley just turned uh, 16 Inside Out 2? Yeah, I don't I mean, they could do one, but I'm not, like, dying to see one. But couldn't you have said that after Toy Story? Yeah, I could, and then they made it, and it was great, and they could yeah. make another one, but... I think it would be great. I just think you could do be. something cool, like her being a kid, I'd or just, being, like, a teenager. I'd, I'd, I'd just rather like... see them make more new movies. They will. I mean, that, what other sequels are they going to be doing now? Toy Story, Toy 4, Story sure. Four, Incredibles Two, probably another Incredibles Three if this one does well, which it will. I don't think Incredibles Three is going to happen. Personally. Oh well, I, I can guarantee it's going to happen. I um, I will completely disagree with that, and I'll put anything on the line saying it never happens. It never happens it, with Brad Bird. That's what I'll say. Caveat. Oh, I think it'll happen with Brad Bird. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Would you like to bet on that? No. Boring. Boring. Loser. I can just say things, and that'll be that. We don't have to make a bet out of everything. Yeah, it's but there needs to be consequences. No, there doesn't. I can say things. Consequences. That's uh, nah, boring. Yikes. Who's a friend that likes to play? Bing bong. I don't know. That's because you haven't seen it. Yeah. So good. Um. Yeah. Inside Out. What a movie. I might, that'll probably be my... The next time I watch it, That'll probably jump up to my number one over Toy Story 2. I got a feeling. But, jeez, that, that movie. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Cool. Star Wars? I did a puzzle. Nothing Star Wars? You usually have a Star no. Wars thing you'd like to talk about. How was the Rebels season series finale or whatever? What did, Was it good? That was like a month ago. I Okay. News to me. I know what happened. Give me credit. It was great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Leads Cody. Me. Um, I saw The Death of Stalin, but I think we're going to do an episode on that. Uh, Yeah, I think so. So bet. then I'll hold off okay. on talking about it. That's what I did, and I've been playing Far Cry, Far Cry 5 because I bought it. <sighs> it's great. You used to have a pet cougar. Now, I did see something on Reddit today that I think think is fake but i just want your your you to confirm it for me is there a mission on far cry or some other video game where you go find donnie's pp tape or is that an april fool think so that Did might I, be an april fool's joke i got april fooled is what you're saying unless you just spoiled the whole game for me yikes well let's hope that didn't happen uh <laughs> As for me, uh, I just, uh, I was kind of trolling around. I couldn't sleep the other night, and it was like 3 in the morning or something like that, so I fired up the laptop, and I discovered that uh, Series of Unfortunate Events is back. And I, Yeah, I, I started watching that, too. I watched a few episodes, and damn, I love this show. It's such a good show. This is like, 
the only TV show I'm going to watch all year. But it's good. It's a good one. Um, so wait, who, who's the one that doesn't like Neil Patrick Harris? That's Me. that's that's Josh. Oh, okay. He's not a good person. Don't worry about it. Just, you should watch. He's that. such a bad actor. He almost ruined Gone Girl. He's so bad. He's pretty good in Gone Girl. Wasn't no, he? he's all. He's like one. He's the one thing I don't like in that movie. He's so cringeworthy. Ugh, God. I think he did all right. I, I did he not. Did. He's not funny. He's not a good actor. Okay. I just don't like him. Well, that's your problem. Did you wait? Did you like series of unfortunate events coming in, and did he ruin the show for you? I haven't seen it. I had no interest. You, you what? But did it. you know the property beforehand? I read the first like three books when oh, I was okay. like. So you weren't a big fan. Young. No, I don't. Oh, I was I, don't ho- care. I was hoping he you were like super psyched for the show and his presence in it ruined. I mean, I was I was interested just because I know the story and I think it has potential to be a good show. But then I was like, oh, he's in it, so it is. I don't care. Good. It is so bizarre and just off the wall and awesome. Oh, man, I love this. It's incredibly high quality. Oh yeah, it looks great. There's like production design, especially Goaty. Goddamn. Whew. Like I just watched the Ursat's Elevator episode. I finished that last night, and the the penthouse and uh, the city and the, all that is just so great. It's just zany. I haven't well. gotten past the school one yet. Okay, well, Karma leads Spats, right? God, I hate her so much. <laughs> I hate her so much. So that'll about do it for us this week. We've Ready Player One. Possibly might be Ready Player Twoing at some point in the near future. Oh, I, heard, no. I heard he's working on the book, and I'm actually kind of curious to see how bad where... it's going to be. No, I, I mean, even if these books are bad, I'm still going to read them. I think they're an, an they're an entertaining kind of bad. They're a Batman and Robin kind of bad for me. Like I can, I enjoyed Ready Player One. I both of them. One of them, one of the iterations, I think is bad, but the other ones, you know, they're both entertaining. Uh, yeah. I just I don't know where he takes this story because they've got they've accomplished what they set out to accomplish. The world has been saved. What if they subvert it and there's a rebellion against him? That'd be cool. He has to convince. He has to like face his inner demons and try to like con- like figure out who he is or something. Wow, a good writer would do that. But can we write this book? I think Ernest Klein's writing it, so that's not technically a good writer. We'll name him Slade Slots instead. Slade Slots. <laughs> we'll just we'll change all the names. It'll be oh, I can't do Q. That's shit. Um, we'll call him her M. And we'll the call, girl. And we'll will call be... the we'll call the book Insert Coins. Insert Coins, please. Boom, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, until we do log in as Ready Player Two. Uh, you can follow us at underscore realflix on <laughs> on Twitter. Leave us an iTunes review. Let us know which choice word you want us to omit, and we'll consider it. Oh we were good with this episode, so I didn't say it once. Did say it once? Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Damn it, Josh! All right, reset the clock. I guess you remember that. You remember in, in um, Zemeckis Cube? You remember in Man of Steel? <laughs> remember Man of Steel when he like crashes into the sign? It's like. 80 days until accident, and then he hits it and it says zero. Yeah. That's us. That's what happened right now. That's what Josh just did. Thanks, Josh. You killed a city full of people. So. Good. <laughs> leave, an, leave an iTunes review. Always appreciated. And until next time, uh, get out and smell the roses, I guess. Because that's what Steven Spielberg wants us all to do. Josh, Cody, take it easy. 
Au revoir. Have a retarded day. Uh, oh, God, that's two.